like we had three different cocktails. And then wine. So if I'm leaving, like, Pizza Express. If anyone gets mud on this white coat, I swear to God, I'll kill you. I feel like a right twat. This is Your Welcome America presents Girls Aloud Off The Record Episode 4. I'm Ben. And I'm Fraser. Fraser Light Razor. <laughs> and for the next two weeks, we are recapping and reliving the classic 2006 reality show Girls Aloud Off The Record. Girls, 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 you can watch along with us because the episodes are still somehow clinging on on youtube.com. If you don't know what Girls Aloud Off The Record is, let me tell you. The show follows our beloved UK girl group in the build-up to their 2006 Chemistry Arena Tour. From appearing in TV shows to filming the whole lot of history video in Paris, promoting in Australia and New Zealand, <laughs> to promotional appearances in Ibiza and Greece, <sighs> and going on an ambassadorial trip to China... With former London Mayor Ken Livingston. <laughs> Very important to get that detail in there. And here's what's coming up in episode four. This week, they get to test drive cool cars. But mixing five popsters with some expensive mortars isn't necessarily the best plan. They get to travel the world. Oh, how glamorous it is being in Girls While another realises there's no place like home. If anyone gets mud on this white coat, I swear to God, I'll kill you. There oh, it is. my Lord. I Lovely. mean, I feel like last episode I said, oh, well, this is where all the iconic moments come from. I was wrong. <laughs> this one's filled with iconic moments. Some, some that I remembered, some that I'd forgotten, and one piece of comedy involving a digital camera that I, is one of the greatest comedic lines that's ever been written in the history of television. Uh, we have a beautiful taxi journey, which is my highlight, <laughs> and we'll get into it. Let us hear the theme tune. Okay, so the episode opens up. We have our usual flashy montage. I just wrote the note. Those fucking striped outfits <laughs> haunting me at every turn in this show. Once again, recycling a lot of footage, <laughs> sometimes just putting it in different orders. I don't know, playing it in rewind. We're not being fooled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so as ever, uh, we start the show with this busy montage. It essentially is saying, do you know what? 2006 is a, a busy old hectic year for the gals. Yeah. We meet, properly meet, a new character here, yeah, don't Drew, we? Drew Lyle, tour manager. Drew Lyle, tour manager. I tried to look him up to see what he's up to now. I think he's still a tour manager. In 2014, he was Talisa's tour manager. Oh, we are young. Hoo -ah, hoo -ah, hoo -ah. So, oh. <laughs> that was really good, wasn't it? <laughs> As yes. Good as, as good as Talisa. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, so if he can handle girls' blood, he can handle Talisa. Absolutely. Female boss. Um, he, Drew, is telling us that there are uh, corporate gigs the girls can do. <laughs> and what's, crucially, he says <laughs> that they're, the corporate fees are paid outside of the record company. So I think what he's saying is <laughs> when the girls get paid for the corporate gigs, the girls and maybe management get to keep it. But that, Polydor. Yeah. Rachel Cook, she's not getting a penny. <laughs> she ain't seen hide nor hair of that, is she? Hassan Chowdhury from last week, he ain't getting none of it. <laughs> so yeah, so basically the whole point of this moment, we, we then cut to Hill's old Hill bag, and she's just like, basically, 
you know, she sums it up perfectly. She says, well, she does one of the biggest lies in history where she says, well, the reason we love doing corporate gigs is that the girls love to play live and, you know, get the chance to do that. And, you know, they get paid for it. It's like, hells. I don't think they're, the girls are chomping at the bit to sing Love Machine in a dusty old conference room in, you know. Jersey. Jersey. Thank you. <laughs> I couldn't think of a single place on earth there. Hillary, she's on a couch in that scene, noted the heavy pine furniture in the background. There was a photo frame on that heavy pine sort of sideboard. Mm. It's a photo frame in the shape of a bone. Oh. So I like to think it's maybe like a dog. <laughs> or like a dinosaur. <laughs> like the time she went to Jurassic Park and then she put it in a dinosaur bone shaped thing. That made perfect well, well, sense. Well, she went because she obviously knows Dr. Sarah Harding. Exactly. Oh my God. Finally, we're getting to merge the oh worlds of Girls Aloud and Jurassic Park. Finally, we can... I'm sure we've never talked about it on the podcast before, but the fact that we love that Julianne Moore's character in The Lost World is called Dr. Sarah Harding. And we, to this day, would like to have a Jurassic Park-themed party where we come dressed as Sarah Harding from Girls Aloud, dressed as, as Dr. Dr. Sarah, Sarah Harding. <laughs> it's niche, not going to lie. It's going to happen one day, and you and I are going to be the only people that laugh about it. But hey, isn't that all we ever need? Shall we go to Athens? Well, I think, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to just log on to genericlibrarymusic.com and type in Greek. And then maybe also like a Zorba the Greek ripoff. So not even the official Zorba the Greek song. I'm just going to have like... It's like, well, I think we might be going to Greece. (laughs) (laughs) I also think this might be racist. (laughs) So there, the girls allowed are going to go to Athens for five days. But two as they called it, surprise corporate gigs. Why are they a surprise? Who are they a surprise to? The people in the corporations. Now, imagine working at a corporation in 2006. Oh my God. Imagine working at a Greek corporation. <laughs> and one day it's like, oh, we've got that meeting at one. Do you know what it's about? I don't, but let's go to the conference room. You go in. Bum, 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 bum. Your car's late. Big mistake. We're going to hang about, 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 be like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> Who are well, these you, women? You hit your Greek targets. You sold all the ouzo. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, we've we've got you girls allowed. <sighs> it says they're going to be in Athens for five days. And then they have like a very short clip of what I think might be a corporate gig. Or they show a clip of a performance and it looks very depressing. Yeah. Pretty bare bones. Yeah, very bare bones. I feel like they've got those folding director's chairs that they lugged on them to the EasyJet flight to Greece. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Lyle had to put them in his, in his suitcase and have everything in his carry-on. <laughs> That's his All his, job. Just a couple of pairs of pants in his hand luggage and then just five director's chairs in his suitcase. So let's just... <laughs> shall we just stop and have a conversation about this hotel? What are the two words in your head? Because I've written it multiple times <laughs> and I need you to say it in your accent. Um... <laughs> Describe this hotel as. <laughs> you, you, you almost said it. Dead funky. <laughs> My notes are filled with the words dead funky. I just put dead funky hotel. Let's get into those dead funky details, shall we? Now, I want you to describe <laughs> the hotel to me, and then I'm going to tell you something that you do not know. Okay. So the hotel is all white. All white exterior with some dead funky kind of perspex 
pops of colour. So the balconies and the rooms seem to be kind of a perspex lime green. Then around the pool is a perspex pink kind of partitions and perspex and like pink accents. It's dead mm-hmm. funky. All the rooms are are white, but it looks like you can flick a switch and it suddenly turns a sort of blue. Yes. Like you're in a darkened room and you've left a computer on. Yes. <laughs> Very that. And then the screensaver starts. Yes. So this is the Semiramis Hotel. <laughs> We're at the Semiramis Hotel in Athens, Greece. Right. Would you like to know a secret? Oh, please tell me. I have stayed at this oh hotel. Oh my god. <laughs> because and did you say, oh, this is dead funky when you walked dead in? Dead funky. <laughs> Basically, because of this show, I've stayed at this Are hotel. Are you kidding me? No. Well, actually, to think of you watching this in 2006, and then the aesthetic of that hotel, which I think, I'm making it sound like you've that you've moved past that, it's very much, you would still probably stay at the Semiramis Hotel. A hundred percent. A stark white hotel with pops of perspex colour is really your whole vibe. <laughs> so I watched the show, I loved it, and then weirdly, in about 2007 or 8, 2007, I had a long weekend free, and I had some spare cash, so I went, I flew by myself oh my goodness. to Athens and I stayed there for a couple of nights, didn't leave the hotel. So you basically did like one of those pilgrimages when someone's a huge fan of something and you fly there to like experience it yourself. Sure did. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, we'll get into the, your experience at the Semiramis as we go along because we're going to spend quite a bit of time there. Well, fun fact on the, the, the plane ride and the way over, I was so hungover, I vomited. Oh, wow. Had Much- we been out somewhere? I had been. I'd been out in London somewhere and I'd had a, a burger from Balance at oh. about four in the morning. Oh, were we together? No. Because <laughs> I've definitely had a, I think I've had a dinner with you in Balance at four in the morning before. Oh, that's fun, isn't it? I love it? that place. That was so, it was so shit. And so Big good. one or the small one? I think I'd been at the, the small one. Yeah, the small one on Soho Street. On Old Compton Street. They're both on Old Compton Street. It, I literally said Soho Street. Like, is that a street? I feel like I've lost my mind. <laughs> I'm like Soho Avenue. Soho Road? <laughs> yeah, Soho right. Lane. Back to Athens. Okay, so I wrote Sarah's had it. She's off to see her mum for a couple of days. Yeah, so Sarah, because they've got these two corporate gigs, but yeah. they're there for five days. They've got like a, a few days in between. It sounds like they did one already and then the other one isn't like for another three days or something. So she's decided to fly home for two days to see her mum. I don't believe she's going to see her mum. Oh my God, I wrote, do we believe her? Absolutely not. I I do and I don't. I think she's going to go home. She's going to pop to Stockport, see her mum, and then she's going to have a fun few days. Yeah, absolutely. Fair she just, enough. She just wants to have some time alone away from the girls. I don't blame her, especially after this episode. So tour manager Drew, he's happy to be away. He likes it, but he's like, the girls are bored. Yeah. Well, and then uh, the voiceover describes him as long-suffering tour manager Drew. Oh, I didn't hear <laughs> Which that. Is, I was like, all right, we don't need any editorializing from you, Paul Nichols. Thank you very much. <laughs> and also like, uh, he's staying at the, the Semiramis yeah, in Athens hello. for five days. He has three days off at the Semiramis. <laughs> okay. We then have a beautiful, very long, quiet shot of Kimberly in a robe. And Kimberly's sitting in her hotel bed and she's doing her Mac makeup. This, yep. this whole sequence is very pre-ASMR. But it's very Kimberly. Relaxing. Oh my god, Kimberly could. I would love her to do ASMR stories or like, yeah. So she's the whole point of this scene is she's. They're kind of talking about as Drew set up that the girls aren't so great at having downtime when they're not at home because yes. they kind of are so used to go 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 that when they get downtime they either just want to be at home or not. So um, we then cut to our Kim. She's just putting on her Mac makeup and wearing a white robe in front of like a perspex. <laughs> <laughs> block behind her and she's kind of just like oh you know the thing about us is that 
you know, we're so used to just having people around that can tell us like how to do something or where to go and what time we need to get up. And, you know, sometimes just when that's not there, you think, oh God, it's a little bit scary. <laughs> I've editorialized a little bit and, and shortened that down, but essentially that was the gist. That's the gist. <laughs> I, did you also notice um, on the bedside table, on the funky, funky bedside table, <laughs> there's an empty bottle of Diet Coke. <laughs> you know, like one of those mini glass ones you right. get in Europe. She's like, I'll just do that. I'll do yeah. the mini bites, all right. Do you think she got that in room service? That'd be about seven euros. To, I don't think so. Kim strikes me as someone who went to like a local supermarket and bought think? herself a little, some supplies for her room. Well, I think the, she's smart like that. And the way she nipped, she nipped out. Yeah. She just thought, Drew, I'm just going to go. Yeah, honestly, bits. she genuinely strikes me as someone that's smart enough to do that, to be like, she just wants to go and have a bit more choice because you know sometimes when you get room service or the mini bar it's all the same thing over and over again in all different hotels well yeah I, very similar items and i can just imagine she, her being like oh no i'll just pop this i want to get a couple of things that make me feel at home well as someone who stayed at the semiramis and okay. didn't leave for three days <laughs> yes i do i do know that <laughs> i just wrote my final note is this hotel that i wrote <laughs> the pink perspex I've called this next section Drew's Day of Fun. Well, Ben, I've called this Drew's Day of Fun also. Aww. <laughs> Everyone was keeping up with my tally and listing of every song used from every album in the show. We are using real life from What Will the Neighbours Say? Because baby, this is real life. It's a really bad song. So we're back on the coach. <laughs> so what what is what is Drew organized for the gals? So apparently Drew's organized a surprise for the girls. So we're back on the coach and it turns out He's organized for the girls to walk to the highest point in Athens. And as the voiceover points out, it's two miles uphill for some of them in high heels. Uh-oh. So now Cheryl's okay. a real standout here. I want to just talk through what t-shirt Cheryl's bunged on for the day. Well, let's let's actually start from the bottom and work up with Cheryl's outfit. So up she's, the wearing okay. a, she's wearing a um, kind of a, a, a mid-sized heel. It's kind of a green. It looks like it's almost green and kind of cork. There's elements of cork. It's very mixed materials. Yeah, I, I don't know. Is it wooden? Yeah. Is it cork? Is something something it, along the lines? She's wearing a mixed material heel. I'll tell you something. It's not suitable. Not for a suitable. Two mile trek up a hill. <laughs> up some cobbled stones. Cobbled stones. Cobbled stones. She's then wearing kind of a. She's wearing a pair of. I wrote them green pedal pushes. Okay. And then uh, she's got a big big bug sunglasses on. And then she's got a t-shirt. Look, you know, just saying a fun statement. What does it say? Careful. I had a bowl of bitchy for breakfast. Well, she certainly did. <laughs> I think she was trying to be funny by wearing that t-shirt, but actually she really just, this is, I would say, aside from her throwing up in a bin, this is one of the standout moments that everyone remembers from off the record. Imagine if SNL existed in the UK in 2006. <laughs> this would be my audition. Right. One of your character, one of your uh, impressions. Yeah. I am now going to do Cheryl Cole, <laughs> reluctant to do a two mile trek up a hill in Athens. Oh my God. We should have auditioned for UK SNL 2006 as a pair. And we would have been like, this is a scene of Cheryl and Kimberly climbing into, and I could have done our Kim's, I mean, the comic timing on this bit. But, so basically this is a standout scene from Cher's because... The issue we have here is she's not happy about climbing the hill. That's the, the short version of this. I think in her head, looking back, I think she was thinking, I'm going to have a bit of fun and point out about how absurd this is. And I'm going to be like, I'll be on the, the audience will be on my side. Unfortunately for Cheryl, she said so much and they cut it together all in one go. It's not good. She's yeah. real moany moaner in this so we, bit. So we start off, we're obviously in Europe and therefore there's just like a, a cafe in the side of the street. They pass it and Cheryl says, Drew, can we just sit at one of these restaurants? Oh, wait, that's <laughs> not the right accent. Drew, yeah. can we just sit? No, I've lost it. It's, hang on. 
Newcastle. Oh, wait, Drew. Why can't we just sit at one of these restaurants? Can we just... Drew, can we just sit at the restaurant? I keep on doing <laughs> Liverpool. I've lost it. Shit. Bike, bike a grove. Bike a grove. Can't we just sit at one of the restaurants, Drew? That's, that's it. Yeah. It's, oh, it's because I'm doing my SNL edition. I got yeah. nervous. <laughs> my nerves got to me. Yeah. So that that's her first, her first money statement is, yeah, she's like, can't we just sit at this restaurant? And then she does this, obviously the people at the restaurant are staring at her and she does this really like fake smile at them and then her face just falls. But it just in that small glimpse of a moment, seeing her do a fake smile, she looked so beautiful and like winning that I was like, wow, she's the professional. Oh. Like, you can imagine her being really angry, turning on that smile and people being like, I met Cheryl. She was so smiley and lovely. And she's just like fuming. Anyway. <laughs> Does anybody care that we're going to be at the highest point in Greece? Seriously? Oh my God. <laughs> I wrote at this point, no one's on Cheryl. No one's on Cheryl's side. I mean, I think they might be on Cheryl's side by the end of it. We see that Kim and especially Kim and Nicola aren't happy about it either. But no one is speaking up alongside of her. It's just her doing an endless, an endless monologue. Well, it's that thing of, you know, when you're doing something that's kind of annoying, you don't want to do it. If you talk about it, it's worse. Yeah, it's like, let's just get through this or try and see some of the benefits of it. And actually, I'm truly on Drew's side in this. It's like, he just organized a nice thing to do. It's like, just... Just be more grateful. Do you think Do you think that looking back on this, the girls might be like, yeah, yeah. he was right. Yeah. We, we had some days off from it in Athens. We may have as well done something lovely yes. and local. Pre- pre- I think much older versions of them would say that, yes. But why didn't Drew at least tell them? He didn't have to, didn't have to ruin the surprise, but why don't you say, put on some sensible shoes? I feel like shenanigans might be afoot from filming for that producing oh. of that i think that was the, their attempt at getting a little bit of like fun jeopardy in there i think i also think that drew is straight and just doesn't quite get it yeah or well, that too okay that too so um back to the hill going up the hill and yeah so no one's really on her side she walks <laughs> we see her walking past a wheelie bin translation dumpster and she just said it smells of shit and then she goes she looks down at the phone and she goes that's what it is actual shit so they're walking through the streets of athens at this point they haven't even reached the kind of you know, like the tourist, like the staircase moment to get to this thing. So she, yes, she's not happy they walk past actual shit. So then, she, then she's still going on. Do people not have the fucking poop and scoop rule here? And at this point, Kimberly like is like, ah, ha, ha, ha. but again, she's kind of like, oh my god, please stop. Kimberly has her own wardrobe woes here. Don't know if you noticed. <laughs> oh, she's wearing a real low rise jean. <laughs> a low rise jean that are so long. It's that that classic thing of like <laughs> you're constantly stomping on the jean yeah. underneath. She's having to. Pull up, pull up jeans because, yeah, they're falling down at the top and also being pulled down at the bottom. Yeah, she's definitely, I think Nicola, Nicola and uh, Nadine seem like they might be outfitted pretty okay for this. True, but Nicola's not happy with some of the locals. <laughs> yeah, she's because saying they she, look like murderers. Yeah, she's like, those, those, they look like murderers, <laughs> referring to the locals. I'm like, oh, this is not great. <laughs> so. Okay, so now we've just reached my favorite moment of the entire time of them climbing this hill is that. You know, we hear Cheryl being like, oh, who, uh, who gives a fuck about the view? Like, a oh, nice view of what? Houses and buildings. Yeah. So you can see them in pictures. And then at this point, like, they're all walking ahead and they, the camera crew have stopped with Kim and she just, she's in her lovely voice. She goes, it does seem like a nice view, but I don't really care. And then her digital camera that she's got around her wrist, she picks up and tries to take a picture. And she goes, can't see anything through this. And then she goes, <laughs> and she just goes, Oh, it's actually not that nice of a view. <laughs> and I was like, do you know what? What she just did and said, 
in that one sentence was the, the most perfect version of all of the talking that Cheryl's done. She said it. <laughs> it made me laugh so much. The thought of Kim just not quite working a digital camera properly and being like, oh, God. I, I you can imagine her getting home and plugging that into the laptop, putting the lead in and being like, oh, no, these aren't really that good, are they? I wanted to know what else was on that digital camera. Oh, I would love to see that. So we finally reach the top, don't we? We sure do. And it seems that there must be like a cafe at the top. Yeah. Because we suddenly cut to... Cheryl's stone face <laughs> sitting with her arms folded. I would describe the best way to describe them all is hot and bothered. Very H and B. Everyone's arms are folded. They're all furious with Drew. Cheryl's still, to use one of my favorite words, wanging on about the fact that the view wasn't even that good and it wasn't worth it. I couldn't give a shit. Yeah. Again, and the other girls are like, <laughs> and again, it's kind of like, let's. Nicholas, Nicholas on her side though. Kimberly gives a finger to the camera. Oh, she does. <laughs> We've never seen Kimberly like this before. This is this is her at her most wild, and I don't want to see that again. No, <laughs> we want her back in that robe, just doing her makeup, yeah, exactly. that bottle of Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah, I felt very, I felt very shaken to the core by Kimberly giving her finger to the camera. I didn't like it. So, so they pop in a cable car and head down to the bottom of the mountain. It's wow, in, it's interesting this whole scene because you would think that. Nadine might be a bit of a moaner or yeah. something, but she not a peep, not no. a peep from Nadine until we get to the bottom of the hill. Because do you know what, Detective Nadine, she helps solve. She really does solve almost a crime. Drew inexplicably, Drew doesn't know where the hotel is. He says, "Does anyone know what the address of the hotel is?" And then that's kind of the theme of this part of the episode is that everyone's a bit hopeless, like helpless and hopeless without all the management around, and they're all like, "Oh, oh." So Nadine, oh. Nadine takes charge and shouts over to a taxi driver. She sees, sees she's like, "Excuse me." And she's like, excuse um, me, is this your taxi? Do you know, is this your taxi? Do you know the way to the Samaramas? Samaramas. And she says, it's describing the hotel. It's kind of like pink. <laughs> it's kind of like punk. <laughs> so thank God for Nadine. Yeah. She's there saving she the day. Pulls it together. They, there's some questionable uh, treatment of a local Greek taxi driver in this segment from the camera crew and the girls themselves. So this kind of grizzled old Greek taxi driver kind of... It's like, yes, yes, I'll take you. Yes, I'll take you. And then we cut to Nicola and she goes, why is he looking at us like that from head to toe? And I'm like, because you've got a camera crew and you've all just hiked down a hill wearing like heels and your, your kind of low rise jeans anyway. <laughs> yeah. So Nicola and, and Cheryl are initially not happy about getting this taxi. Reticent. No, ret- reticent indeed. <laughs> now they have what I would refer to as a classic taxi ride in Europe. <laughs> yes. So basically... Um, Nadine's asking if she can order another taxi so there are two and the driver's like no it's all cool so they all pile in to this one taxi so we've got what it seems like we've got four girls four girls and and Drew Drew in the back seat in the back seat we've got camera (laughs) Faye on camera we've got Faye on the front seat yeah and you're all piled in. Have you been in a taxi like this in Europe? Oh, definitely. I've done, well, not even in Europe. I don't want to talk about the fact that I'm mixed race and my dad's from the Caribbean and we would summer there every year when I was growing up. <laughs> but yeah, I've had more more in the Caribbean. I've had some incredibly dangerous like taxi and bus rides where you're everyone, it's over capacity. And it's like, no, we'll sit forward. You sit back. No, it's fine because yeah. the two of us will sit forward. <laughs> so we've got, who's on, who's on the bottom? On the bottom is Cheryl, Nicola and drew drew and then we've got nick no then we've got nadine sitting for leaning forward 
No, it's Nadine. Okay, I've got it. It's Nadine and Nicola are sitting on everyone's laps, kind of up and forward. And we've got Drew, Kimberly, and Cheryl sitting back, sitting back and kind of on the bottom. And then we've got Faye on camera in the, in the yeah, front seat. Yeah, Faye on camera. And then the taxi driver it just, is just playing some really loud music and just having like, and he's just like kind of singing along to himself. And then this is where I, it made me really happy because the, the five of them in the back you know, including Drew, all kind of divulge into that super like giggly thing of where something is kind of weird to you because you're in another country and you're like a bit embarrassed and it's funny. And I don't know, I I felt really real fondness for the gals in this scene. I know. Apart from old, to use a Harry Potter reference that you won't appreciate, old moaning Myrtle, Cheryl, from that pile of bodies, we hear her voice. Cheryl says that it's one of the worst days the, she's ever had. One of the worst days I've ever had. I, I'm like, Cheryl, no, I don't really do don't that. think it is. And I'm sorry to break the news to you, 2006, Cheryl. You're going <laughs> to have worse come. days. Yeah. There are worse days to come. Yeah, this is... Can everybody point their heads in a different direction? If I smell one person's breath, I'm going to throw up. It's like, all right. What is going on? Yeah, Meanwhile, <laughs> Nadine, Nadine's like, she's got the window down. She's got her head out the window. And Nicola says to her, be careful not to get your head chopped off. Yeah. And Nadine comes in back into the car. And she says, I know. Imagine if I came in and it was just a neck. <laughs> just, just to read those words clearly to you. I know. Imagine if I came in and it was just a neck. And she's being very serious. They get back to the semi-ramus. Did you notice that the taxi driver is getting the camera tripod out of the, the boot? Translation trunk. Very kind of him. Love that. He was sweet, that taxi driver. At one point, he just looks at the camera and just goes, ha ha, when they're driving along, which made me laugh. <laughs> so we then transition from day to night uh, and we've gonna, we're have we actually going to go out with the... And, and Drew's actually organised a special night out mm, with I've, the girls and the girls' loud dancers. I've called this Drew's night out. I called this night out with the dancers. Uh, and apparently it's at a traditional Greek taverna. So what we hear again is some more Greek library music. Da-da. <laughs> which then transitions to real greek taverna music because there's a real band playing in that taverna this is so fun this This is really fun i'm like you've got some time off you're in greece let's lean into the culture let's go to that greek taverna and do some ouzo shots absolutely well and actually i I wrote this actually does look fun (laughs) and then yeah even the paul nichols and voiceover says you know that they're kind of the day is forgotten and several ouzos later the girls are leaving the taverna we then uh, get a we get <laughs> we then get to a very quick shot, and I've called, <laughs> I referred to him as Miss Thing the dancer singing "Sound of the Underground" in the street. Very jealous of this man. He's very attractive. He's wearing jeans that have fallen down so far that you can fully see his full pair of briefs, and he's wearing like a, pink, a purple vest. He's got a lot of accessories and jewelry going on, and he's just caterwauling "Sound of the Underground" and like dancing around in the street. And I was just like. I- wish i'd been that person that would be my dream he's also doing that horrific brits abroad thing of carrying like a a drink in the street that's a glass oh that that's not going to be the last time that we see people acting like they're in las vegas and they can just pick up a glass and just walk to another hotel but even in las vegas it would always (laughs) be plastic here it's like a a mini a mini glass of a very boozy spirit (laughs) that he's drinking have you noticed something else the girls are carrying no what they carry the girls are carrying single roses wrapped oh, in plastic oh of course they're, they're the greek taverna and of course the rose seller knows we're going to target the greek taverna <laughs> yes. those tourists are going to want a rose at some point they've been accosted yeah and that whole table and i bet they did that classic thing of going to all the all the gay male dancers and being like oh rose for the pretty little and they were just like oh fine <laughs> drew drew <laughs> <laughs> buy rose one each what's the, what's the currency in greece at that point uh, it would be 
I don't, I have no clue. I was about to say drachma. I was about to say drachma. <laughs> Wait a minute, is it the drachma? <laughs> is it a Greek drachma? Uh, drachma. Well, we're giving it an incredibly German <laughs> pronunciation. Drachma. Yeah, it was Greece. Oh, wow. Oh, wait, no, replaced in 2002 by the euro. Yes, no, no. But, uh, oh, but so even at that time, they would have been like, Drew, pass us some euros so we can pay for a rose. Yeah. <laughs> I want the red one. I want a red rose. <laughs> Drew being like, I've only got drachma. I didn't think about it. <laughs> so at this point, um, we're, we've had your, your, your drunk aspirational dancer. Cheryl's saying something to the other dancers, like something about someone needs to go home. Yes. I didn't quite pick this up. I think up. she was talking about herself in the third person. I think she was, again, trying to be like, Sheza, fun, fun shares. And it was like, Sheza no. needs to go home. Yeah. And it Back was, to the semi-ramus. It was, I, I, it fell flat on me. I'm, I'm still smarting from her behavior on that trip up the hill. <laughs> so I'm, I wasn't on her side just yet. So then we're, we're back on the, we're back on essentially the school bus, the school coach. And uh, I wrote down the note, did Nadine and Kim bring their glasses from the restaurant? They did. <laughs> so they're just, Nadine and Kim are sitting together, cheersing to the camera, like with their little glasses of ouzo that they've just carried through the streets of, uh, of Athens. I, I like that moment because they look like they're having a really nice yeah. time together. Yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely feel like one of the things we've picked up on is the, the, the little friendship between Kimberly and Nadine. They do seem to, they, they have a nice rapport, don't they? Aww. Makes me happy. Makes me. Well, also happy. Cheryl's being a nightmare here. Well, yeah, they're revo- so. So they're having fun. We then get a fun shot of uh, of Nicola <laughs> doing like a fun like glasses gag. She's she's <laughs> Nicola here is so funny. Yeah, she she's really... had some uzos. She's got some glasses on, and she's like flicking up the back of them so her glasses look like they're moving by themselves. Yeah, she's doing a like Morecambe and Wise routine for everyone on the bus, <laughs> isn't she? <laughs> Really tickled me. Me, me too. And she has a, a, quite a far away look in her eyes that I find very funny. And then, just as I was feeling pure joy, cut cut back to moaning Myrtle at the front of the bus, Cheryl, and she just turns around and she goes, "Oh, this is why I don't drink." And then Drew fucking savaged her and just went, "Yeah, on camera." <laughs> Cheryl's like, oh. she didn't even respond to it. And also, it's like uh, Cheryl. The last episode, we saw you vomiting in a bin. I know. So don't be all like, exactly. oh, I, d- I don't drink on camera. You may not drink on camera, but you vom on yeah, camera. Yeah, exactly. You moan on camera. Now, now Nicola's doing something else with the dancers, isn't she? <laughs> So one of the dancers, he's got some very 2006 gay male dancer hair that I'm very jealous of. Some kind of greasy blonde strands of locks coming down in a nice kind of curtained vibe. Very that, nice. That was the hair I aspired to have, but my hair was always too thick and too dark. Yeah, mine was too Afro and not white person enough to do it, which was very disappointing. Mm. Well, I did I did try and get Tony and Guy really to highlight it. Right. To and get then, it to that stage. And try but... and dolphin beaks it down into the, the flat area. <laughs> get my, my much-loved GHD dolphin beak mini stylers <laughs> and some Paul Mitchell gloss drops in there. Yeah. So so um, so he, he just inexplicably just starts going... We are the cheeky girls. We are the cheeky girls. But you can tell Nicola's so drunk that she doesn't quite, her brain hasn't quite registered that it's the cheeky girls song. So she just starts clapping along and, and making noises and making kind of being a like, sort of, <laughs> I, I would say she does the Greek Taverna remix of the cheeky girls. Yeah, she does. She just makes lots of what I would describe as general Greek noises. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone on the bus is cracking up at Nicola. She's really making herself and everyone else laugh. She is on fire. Yeah, she really made me laugh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a night oh fucking hell I mean <laughs> fucking hell I don't know why I said it that accent the only way we can you know let's keep on our high of Nicola and pop over to Runcorn with her shall we well we don't we never see the the, the corporate gig no. probably because it's corporate it's private it's private. it's private we never see the looks of the real looks of disappointment on those Greek businessmen's face when they hear <laughs> they hear the girls singing I'll stand by you 
Imagine them hearing the show. If it's that you, I know I won't do that. Should have known, should have had all these business from being like, what the fuck? They'd be like, translate the lyrics for me. I don't understand. It's like, don't worry, it doesn't make sense in English. Oh, okay. Anyway, we're back we... in the UK. Yeah. I, what have you called this section? Back to Runcorn. I've called it Nicola drives up north in her Audi TT. <laughs> she does. So yeah, we hear from Hills. Uh, she, you know, as always, we've got to frame the scene with some boring person that works at the record company. So Hills tells us it's good for Nicola to go back home because she's very grounded. She loves her family. She's very grounded. So I'm like, okay. Oh, what? How illuminating. Yeah. I'm thanks, like, oh, wow. Thanks, Hills. <laughs> she's such an individual character that she loves, you know, she loves her family. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, basically we join her in her Audi TT. Mm-hmm. I wrote that I love her glasses and I love her braids. She has her hair in like two plaits and she's just got her glasses on in the Audi TT. Well, you got to put your glasses on for the motorway. <laughs> yeah, you really do. And she's basically saying like, she's talking to the camera and talking about how, you know, the other girls sometimes say to her or people say to her like, oh my God, you drive home to see your family all the time. Like, isn't it annoying? She's just like, I'd say two and a half hours up the motorway. Yeah. She finishes work at seven. She drives home and then she comes back for 12 the next day. Yeah. She, I think she, that's really sweet. It is really sweet. She's making a real point here. And I really do believe her that she's got two younger brothers and she wants to be a part of their lives yeah. as they grow up. They, like she wants to be their sister. She wants them to know yeah. her and she's just, she's being lovely. And we're really in pre like pre FaceTime as a, as a casual way to keep up with people and make it feel more like you're there. That's that a good even point. Exist. It might be like Skype and Adele laptop top that you have to like load some credit onto. Yeah. And I feel like to sit down for a Skype was a real formal occasion. Whereas I feel like now she could just, she could have just popped FaceTime onto her mom and she'd be like, Oh look, I'm with the boys. And they were like, Oh, yeah um, and it, uh, crucially in this scene just as she's describing driving home she just screams at another motorist she's like are you gonna go or what and then, yeah <laughs> and she's like sorry oh, sorry <laughs> sorry Faye <laughs> so we go to Runcorn now where is Runcorn near Liverpool okay so that's where we are yeah again we've spoken about this before I've never been to Liverpool you have for I've a had hen. a I've had a hen weekend in Liverpool one of the funnest weekends of my entire life people in Liverpool are so nice so much fun. I've never been to Liverpool. I think it's quite like Glasgow. I think everyone, like, there are some in- insanely wonderful accents and fashions. Yeah. It's quite industrial, but it's yeah. quite glitzy. And everyone's yes. very welcoming. And yeah, the people the people on that weekend in Liverpool could not have been nicer. Like, I feel like genuinely people would just come up to you. And it was actually a bit like being here in the sense of, like, people... You know how disarming when you first move to LA and people are, like, being friendly to you in a shop or something. And you're like, all right. What do you want? You're like, get out of my face. Then you're like, oh, someone's actually just being nice. And you're like, okay. I felt like that in Liverpool. I was just like, oh my God, all these people. I really want to go. Although I did. (laughs) A girl almost hit me uh, in a club because she had the most insane eyebrows I've ever seen. And she caught me looking for too long. And she she, she went, what the fuck are you looking at? And I was like, oh my God. I was like, she could literally murder me. She was so scary. She could have killed me. She was a very small, petite woman. She could have murdered me. She would have had the skill. Whoa. What the fuck are you looking at? I was like, oh. Certainly wouldn't have said your eyebrows, but they were crazy. Like two big black slugs on their face. <laughs> anyway, so we're off to see her little brother Harry play football. Did you have to play a Saturday sport in school? Oh, not at school, but like personal activity. You know, like my, you know what I mean? Like if you played sport outside of school. Did you not have to be like in a sports team at school or anything? No. Oh, okay. If, if anything, I actually, we got the choice to, between playing football and netball. Um, when I was at school and I chose netball. So it's goal attack. Anyway, no, no, no. We didn't have to play on a team or do anything sports outside of school. So my activity outside of school was, it was horse riding. (laughs) It was horse riding. And then I had a friend at school who loved sailing. So for a really short period of time, I got forced to go sailing on the broads. Oh my God, it was so cold and so boring. 
That sounds really wet, oh, miserable. It was so wet, miserable, ropes, wind, people shouting at you, p- pulling ropes that are also wet. And like, you know when like a, a rope is in the water and then you have to pull it really quick and it flicks up at you and gets like broads, like the yeah. Norfolk broads pond water in your face. And everything's got a name and it's like a different yeah, pull language. Yeah, the the, pull the, the the jib and the line. Starboard. Yeah, no, sailing wasn't for me. I, it was brief. Horse riding was though. I was a horse girl. You know that. <laughs> I've always I've always said about you horsey mm. dead horsey that one so it's Saturday it looks like it's a football match and Nicola's there it looks a little chilly yep thank god she's wearing a trench coat I love her outfit in this scene she's wearing a long white trench coat like a black polo neck like turtleneck and a pair, a pair of jeans and like a pair of high like brown boots I think she looks really <laughs> I think she looks really cool she doesn't look she doesn't look crazy, like a crazy person. Because I think they, they keep that clip in of her saying, like, if anyone gets mowed in my white coat, I'll kill you. But, like, they're kind of trying to be like, oh, and it's like her walking in boots on the field, like a bit like, oh, crazy stars come home. I think she looks great, and I think she looks kind of normal. Yeah. She looks like normal great. I agree. She looks sort of great, but kind of appropriate. Yeah, totally. And uh, so she's she's basically watching her younger brother play football. And then... Um, she says something to cam to camera operator Faye. She turns to the camera, referring to her her, her brother, and she's like, "He's class, isn't he?" Oh yeah, that's so sweet. Oh. This whole this whole Nicola going home, I, I, I my heart had already like swelling with pr- love and pride for her on that bus because she was making me laugh. And this scene just, I mean, oh my god, I felt like I almost could cry when I was watching this. But I've, I've had a, I've had a long weekend, um, <laughs> and basically we we then. She uh, gives her brother man of the match. We like gives him the little trophy, which is really cute. Cute but questionable. Oh, well, you think it's just some on camera nepotism happening? Uh huh. Um, and then there's kind of some. It's kind of intercut with interviews with Nicola's dad, who is is he like the football coach maybe or like the football manager or something? He he seems to be involved in the match. Something like that. Um, and he's just talking about like Nicola being basically how she's really nice <laughs> and he's really nice. I just really liked her dad. He was yeah. really sweet. They seem like such lovely people. Yeah. There's also a great moment where one of the little kids, after she gives out the man of the match, one of the little kids says says directly to Nicola, are you and girls allowed? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very underwhelming. He's like, yeah. yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. So then we we leave the football match and we go to Nicola's grandparents' house. Yes, Nan well, and Grandad. Uh, well, they're also known as Eileen and Tom, which is my friend Siobhan's parents' names. Lovely. As soon as they open the door to Nan and Grandad's, Giant girls allowed sign poster in the yes. wall. Yes, signed oh. by Nicola and Kimberly. Remember when the the grandma's like she's like oh, it's signed. She's like it's signed by Nicola and Kimberly. It's like none of the other girls, oh. <laughs> or maybe she just likes Kimberly the most. If you'd been in Girls Allowed, would your grandparents have had a poster of the group on the wall? Maybe not a poster, but there would be a horrific amount of framed pictures, and they would be really bad pictures, judging by <laughs> what photos my grandma has in her house of me and my brother. They're really like. Ooh. Very old and some of them not great. Mm. <laughs> what about you? A hundred percent no. Uh, <laughs> Egyptian, Egyptian grandma. Egyptian grandma would not have had a sully, poster. Sully the walls of that pyramid with a poster. A poster <laughs> on a wall, what with blue tack? No, darling. And I, I would only sort of be featured if maybe me and the rest of the girls allowed met the queen. Yeah. Or maybe met like, you know, a prime minister. Or you'd done a promotional trip in Egypt and they'd given you like a... A photo inside of like a mini pyramid that exactly. you'd have been like, well, this goes with the decor. Exactly. That's <laughs> perfect. Um, so, yeah, Eileen and Tom, they seem so sweet. And then they basically bust out some home videos. Oh. And the videos are so cute. Nicholas, little like ginger, her red hair is like very bright. And she's like, oh, I'm so chubby. This, is, this whole section is classic 
you know, grandparents oversharing. Yeah. Which is just so lovely. And it seems like her dad back then was so sweet. And even in the current day of 2006 yeah. is so sweet. I liked his look. He had like a, he had a real cool, like, he looks very gay. <laughs> I know, sort of like fro- frosted like, fringe, yeah. frosted bangs. It'd be almost like being curled over. Yeah. Maybe he had a dolphin's beak. Maybe, maybe. And then he had, yeah, he has like a, uh, in that home video, had like a moustache and had like a kind of tank top. <laughs> and she's like, oh, what, what top is dad wearing? Also, at one point he, he says about Nicola, we'd be proud of her doing anything. Yeah, that it's was like, so oh. sweet. <laughs> so where should we go before we leave Runcorn? Well, I, I w- I'm hungry. Yeah. So I'm going to go to, is, is it a beef Harvester? Eat- oh, you think beef eater? I wrote beef eater slash carvery lunch. I wrote, I wrote harvester question mark because I, I, I could never get my eyes on any signage. No, <laughs> I couldn't. I was really trying to look at the menus. It was definitely a chain a chain restaurant, a very specific UK chain restaurant like Beef Eater or Harvester. Yeah. Very Sol- like steak and chips. Solid, affordable. Yeah. You know what you're getting. It's going to be something for the kids. I was going to say, great kids menu. You can get a nice steak and chips. Steak, egg and chips, maybe. Oh, yeah. Well, g- or maybe like a gammon. Gammon. <laughs> gammon. Still, what? Well, don't, still I don't, don't know. But not for me. I'm a vegetarian. Do they might have sca- <laughs> Do they might have scampi on the menu? Oh, of course they have scampi. You can, do you think? Of course they have scampi on the menu. <laughs> so Nicola's taking her brothers out for lunch before she goes back to London. Um, it's cute here. The, the the brothers start sort of playing with the camera. Yeah. And start like attacking camera operator Faye. Yes. And they're just having a lovely time. And so- then this bit, this bit, she's just kind of talking about how, you know, oh, fame and money can like change a person. And she actually says actually getting a little bit of money and a, oh, I can't remember what way, what way around does she say it she's kind of says getting oh no it's that she says getting a, a lot of money and a little bit of fame can really change a person mm-hmm. and she's basically just saying you know she doesn't she doesn't want it to be the be all and end all of her life that's why she goes home so often tries to stay like as grounded as she can and I genuinely believe to this day Nicola is still exactly as nice as that and and she's got a really close relationship with her brothers. One hundred percent. They probably Who must st- be. Oh my god! How old must they be now? Well, that's two thousand six. Fourteen years later. Oh my god! They're probably like <laughs> late late teens, early twenties. That's really fucked up. Oh my god! <laughs> so where are we gonna go next? Because I've had my meal. Well, we're gonna go somewhere that you and I are have little to minus zero interest in which is silverstone racing track <laughs> i know this this <sighs> section look for this tv show girls let off the record this is perfect yeah it's a very distinctive thing that they go do <laughs> not my most but I was gonna say, favorite place for us i literally wrote <laughs> where, where's my note i literally wrote lots of driving me and ben find this boring even though <laughs> i didn't even know if you had so they are gonna go film the the tv show fifth gear which is a ripoff of Top, Top Gear. Gear. Was it Channel 5? <laughs> it was Channel 5, yeah. That's right. And they're, they're going to have a chilly excursion to yeah. Silverstone Racetrack. Yeah, and we kind of see the girls arriving and Nadine just goes, here we are about to drive to your death. <laughs> that really made me laugh. I love this because it's classic Nadine. Like She's she's like us. She's not interested in this, but Can, they're probably getting paid. Yep. And it's promo. Fine. We'll <laughs> she's like, it. whatever. I'll just drive a car. I'll just like, sell a stone. Who cares? Meanwhile, Sarah is the exact opposite. She's like <laughs> bouncing in. She's like, I've got my racing jacket on. I've got my racing shoes on. I'm going to do it. I wrote, Sarah's in her prime. That haircut and jacket. Oh. <laughs> just, it's the, that her haircut, that jacket, and driving a fast car at Silverstone, and that hair going like, yeah it's very i feel like all i can hear is just hear her going here i am walking primrose <laughs> she is 
she is peak Sarah. Yeah, here. this is she's this is all just they could have none of the girls could have turned up and it could have just been Sarah yeah. in this scene. And we hear from James, the fifth gear producer. Seems like a lovely man. <laughs> he basically says, I like girls aloud, so I just wanted them to be on the show. So that's that's why this is happening. So I booked them and they said, yes, can believe my luck. Yeah, seems like a very nice, no-nonsense man. Love him. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rachel Cook's there, isn't she? Oh, she's doing it there. She's, she's, she really got on my nerves in this scene. <laughs> she basically says that the only reason that they're doing the show is um, that they get to drive cars and not pay for it. Yeah. I don't know why that got on my nerves so much, but it did. Now, now I have a very, just to take it into our realm and take it away from cars and boring, very, very strange song choice to go into this next segment. What is it? It's a song called Androgynous Girls, and it only featured on the Girls Aloud B-Sides album. So, like, it's a B-side to one of the singles from that, the kind of chemistry, What Will the Neighbours Say era. And it's a, a B-side. It's, like, completely hidden in the mist of time. And when I heard it, I suddenly realized that I knew it. How did I know it? I must have had it at some point. But it's this song called Androgynous Girls. And it's like, it's actually pretty fun. You can imagine someone with a dustpan and brush at the floor of Xenomania just sweeping up all the bits of the other songs, putting them all in, and then just putting them into the song blender. And they're like, oh, this one will do. And then like the, the lyrics are very like, oh, boys like the girls on the da da It's all very, it. very them at that time. It's also interesting that girls allowed, well, first of all, they're called girls allowed yeah and they're also them they couldn't be less androgynous (laughs) yeah exactly but hey i'm just gonna tell everyone dig into those archives and find the song androgynous girls and report back to me so i want to set up what's going on in this scene they're coming on this tv show and each uh member of girls allowed is going to drive a porsche around the racetrack it's not a porsche it's not a porsche the porsche is porsche comes later no 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 it is the porsche because Sarah drives a Ferrari. Ferrari later, it's a Porsche. I, I again, because I hate cars so much, you're blind. I thought you're blind Ferrari and Porsche was the same thing in my head for a second. They They're are two different cars. Different things, yeah. Ferrari's Italian. Anyway, so <laughs> each member Hello? each member of Girls Live <laughs> is going to drive a Porsche around the track. They're going to time them, and it's going to be like a fun competition. Yeah, just because fifth gear is ripped off top gear, which is. A car in a reasonable in a reasonable Whatever. Cars don't care. God, that was... You and me trying to describe a Top Gear segment. That was really... I didn't like that. Although, I do want to say that one of the, the most fun moments I had in a TV show is we had Jeremy Clarkson come on when he used to present Top Gear. Right. That's not the fun bit. Right. The fun bit is we decided inexplicably at the end of the show, we're going to get them to drive... Uh, go-karts that you like you have to pedal right um the whole back of the bbc we turned into a racetrack with um bales of hay wow i organized lots of hens just to be like walk to be going around what? so they could flutter around we bought loads of um <laughs> watermelon to throw at jeremy clarkson when he was going watermelon watermelon so they'd smash everywhere <laughs> One of one of the one of the staff dressed up as an old lady and and like went across in front of him as he was driving around. Okay, that that is pretty fun. It was one of those amazing moments where like the day started and I ran up to our wonderful um, series producer and I was like, right, the hens are arriving at two and I've got the watermelon. It's like this is TV. I those working those talk shows have some of the best moments. I always, even though this is not my story, one of my favorite things is this guy Charlie that I worked with. He famously in the TV industry was the person was the uh, the assistant producer who got whipped by Britney when she was walking around backstage at Alan Chatty Carr. Man, whipping them and telling them to work, bitch. And Charlie was one of the people. I think she whips him on the bum and she's like, go to work, bitch. And he's like, Ooh. <laughs> oh, jealous. Shout out to Charlie. So this is the show, and so one at a time, the girls go around the track. It's yeah. pretty, you know. It's fine. I wrote lots of driving boring. Yeah. 
So then... Oh, so this this is where it, Sarah it says Sarah's trying to pull some strings to get into the Ferrari. She sure is. Quick side note: the song that they switch from Androgynous Girls and it becomes the song "Graffiti My Soul" from the What Will the Neighbors Say album. Spark heels and skin tight jeans. Gonna rip like a band of Banging on a wire. That song is really bad. So, but meanwhile, they've got they're in a bit of a time crunch. Thank God we've got Rachel Cook there. She's like, okay, yeah, Sarah, you can drive the Ferrari if you want, but we've got to leave at quarter two. Quarter past. Quarter past. Got to be in that car at quarter past, okay? (laughs) And Sarah's like, okay, yes. Yeah. So (laughs) for some reason I started in my notes just calling her Sez, (laughs) S-E-Z. So Sez, Sez gets into the Ferrari and we hear lots of engine revving and there's a lot of kind of a lot of like fanfare and everyone's all getting very flustered and overexcited here, aren't well, they? Well, it's that over revving of you know when you you switch cars and every car is a bit different yes. and like it's a bit too sensitive. Yes. Bearing in mind this is like a sports. I was car. about to say it's so you basically just look at the accelerator yeah. and it starts speeding. The ultimate version of like just stalling when you get into a higher car. Oh, well, <laughs> I've stalled so many higher cars. Well, I know you stalled in a car in a higher car with Nadine. We've talked about <laughs> stalled in a higher car when I was driving Nadine. Anyway, oh hey, right there, buddy, you stalled in the car. Oh, don't mind me. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of kind of fluttering happening as Sez is rev- over-revving that engine. And everyone, there's just a lot of men shouting and it's all a bit like overwhelming at this point. And then <laughs> I wrote classic Sez. She just crashes the Ferrari into someone's Land Rover. Yeah. It's not a Land Rover. It's a people carrier. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> I just, I'm just literally plucking things out of, the, out of the air. Sarah crashes her car into a tractor, uh, into a tractor Testarossa. <laughs> so yeah, she's trying to basically, before she even gets into the racetrack, she's kind of going out of like the car park and she just sidles into another car and everyone's like, oh no. Sarah doesn't seem to realize that she's done anything wrong. No, she, she, she's, it's like she couldn't feel the impact or hear the scrape of metal. Well, that's, that is a noisy car. She's yeah, saying. and she's wearing a helmet. She is and, wearing a helmet. And then they basically, they move another car out of the way so that she doesn't crash into that. Then we just see lots of boring shots of her driving really fast in a, no, in a Ferrari. But before we get to that, um, just before she's, you know, she's crashed. Oh, she's of about course, to go, of course. Tour manager Drew goes over and she's, he says um, to Sarah, are we going to continue with this? And then Sarah shouts back, yes, we are. And then <laughs> Drew so- says something else. And Sarah just shouts, Drew, I know. <laughs> and actually then Drew has to lean into the car and turn the wheel so that she kind of uncouples from the car that she's crashed into. <laughs> that made me laugh. And then I wrote down, this whole sequence is making me very anxious. <laughs> It really is. It's because there's so much around, and there's so much sounds of engines revving as well, and that noise. You know when a motorbike drives past you really fast, and you're like, I just want to know where it is. It makes me so once a- it's passed, when it's gone. A, a noisy car or motorbike makes me so anxious. Me I too. hate that sound. It goes right through me, and it's horrible. Oh. It's just go- it also just goes hand in hand with it's like I don't give a fuck about that whole world. So just like shut the fuck up. So uh, Sarah does her lap around the track. She comes back in. She sort of slightly swerves and jitters as she comes back in, and, <laughs> and uh, someone says, "Fuck." hell she's lethal she's lethal <laughs> uh, did you notice as she steps out of the ferrari do you notice what she's wearing no she's wearing a a, a wedge heel <laughs> so no wonder she's struggling oh, yeah you, you can't you can't get a, a real feel for your foot through a wedge can you because everything's at different angles and, and points than it should be oh no wonder you don't know where you're putting the pressure in a wedge mm. do you there's also a lovely moment earlier in the the scene where once Cheryl's uh, driven, she's like, well, it's actually a little bit difficult for me because this is a manual. And I, I normally drive an automatic. <laughs> yeah, that was... And then Nicola also says, no, it would have been easier if there were signposts. Oh, yeah. That was... <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? She, so Nicola got lost on the track, basically, is what she's saying. <laughs> she's actually driving in the grass. And then they show Sarah the damage and she's... <laughs> it's very funny, actually. She's just like, how much do I owe? Ah. 
Oh. The classic says. It's like, it is a perfect scene written for Sarah. It, re- it really is. Yeah, I can just, like I said, I could just hear her, basically her like almost like head back cackling at the top of her voice with uh, Walking Primrose like playing in the background. Yeah. That's what sponsored that whole scene. And maybe, and maybe like at the beginning of the scene before she crashes the Ferrari, posing in front of it, doing like the devil's horns with her hands, yes. sticking her tongue out <laughs> and then, and then posing after with it crashed, kind of being like, oops, but sexy. Yes. <laughs> I think all of those things exist somewhere. That is... Well, episode actually, four. well, we actually round up the episode with the producer of uh, Fifth Fifth Wheel or whatever it's called, and he just says Sarah is a proper nutcase. <laughs> oh, actually, and he also says something earlier on. He says, "You know, you hear all sorts of stories that they're terrible to work with, but they're actually really nice. Yeah. <laughs> They've been dolls." Yeah. Like, uh, uh, okay. Uh, 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 and then okay. he just calls Sarah a proper nutcase. Okay. Where are we going? Next week. Oh my god. I have some things to say about coming up next week. Coming up next week. I had to write down the voiceover for Baton. Thank you. Because I was concerned. Thank you. Here it is. Girls allowed head east and go behind the bamboo curtain. And there's a shot of Sarah bowing. Oh god. Everything in that sentence is incorrect and bad. I'm nervous. And then uh, we see Cheryl's back at home and a dog's weighing on her. Sure. Yeah. Are we? It's, it's pissing on us, ma'am. It's fucking weighing on me. And then just just as a quick side note, anyone that was watching at the time, they could have tuned in tomorrow night at 10 to watch Chanel's uh, dream dates. Chantel's dream dates. Chantel's dream dates. Yeah. Every, every, it's every on again night. tomorrow at 10 p.m. Oh, good repeats. We also just, in the comment, we do see an unimpressed Ken Livingston at the oh, gig yeah. in China. Oh, yeah. And Nadine's saying, that's the worst performance I've ever done. That's the worst gig we've ever done. Yeah, I, 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 from my memory, there's this is rife with technical issues. This uh, ambass- ambassadorial trip to <laughs> Shanghai. Oh, I don't know. Well, I, well, I guess we're going behind the bamboo curtain, I suppose, aren't we? Um, I do also want to say I did a bit more research. On what? Faye on camera, camera okay. alter- operator Faye, who yep. gets a real shout out a lot. Um, I did a little Google. Uh, she's worked on. Uh, Kerry Katona's show on MTV. Oh. She did Geordie Shore. Oh. She also did a documentary called McFly on the Wall. Oh, that's a great name for a documentary. I know. Also, what a what a CV. Yeah. What a resume. Yeah. Well done, Faye. That's it. Oh, my Lord. We're on episode four. We've only got two more to go. Only two more to go. I know. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sad, but I'm also happy because I find these episodes so... There's just so much to take in that I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, they're strangely nourishing. <laughs> they, they, were, they were designed to be a sip of Diet Coke. Yeah. I feel like I've got full fat. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Maybe like a full fat cherry almost. A full fat cherry. Oh yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a twist of a taste there's, going yeah. on there. <laughs> um, final thoughts on this episode. I loved this episode. I think maybe because I put so much on the last episode in my memory... I'd forgotten that the Grease stuff was so good. Yeah. I just, I was so fi- fixated on Cheryl in the Grease thing. I forgot that Kimberly does some of the best comedy she's ever done and that Nicola, and that Nicola is basically the funnest person ever. So yeah, great, loved it. Great episode. What are we going to call this episode? Whole lot of what? Or, or something off the record? Well, it's definitely a whole lot of moaning, for a sure. Lot of moaning. <laughs> what about a whole lot of ouzo? <laughs> Ooze off the record. One of those. Whole lot of moaning, ooze off the record. There we go. (laughs) 
Done and done. Thank you for listening. Thank you. As ever, please get in touch on Instagram and Twitter and email. The email address is you're welcome America podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. We've got our usual <laughs> You're Welcome America episodes every other Wednesday, and you've got another episode of Girls Aloud next Monday. Only two more to go. Oh, what are we going to do? Well, We've got some ideas. Oh, we've got, we've got a few little secrets up our sleeves. Got a few little summons, summons. Ma, 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 ma. Uh, do watch along on YouTube. And you know what? You're welcome. Bye. I think we had three different cocktails. And then wine. So if I'm leaving, like, Pizza Express. If anyone gets mud on this white coat, I swear to God, I'll kill you. I felt like a right twat. <laughs>